Welcome to the Beyond the Shoe Box Score Podcast, where you hear from current and former Sacred Heart student-athletes and coaches. Here's your host, Dan Gardella. What's up and welcome back to the Beyond the Shoe Box Score Podcast, episode number seven. I'm Dan Gardella, here with you always, and I'll tell you, episode six, the love that we got was the... Best we've seen so far in the podcast series. The most listened to episode, my interview with Julius Chestnut. So I want to start off by thanking everybody for listening to that and and sharing it and commenting and all that. It really it really does mean a lot. And I know I sound like a broken record saying that over and over again, but to see the amount of listens that it got was it made me feel good, you know? It it made me feel good to to have a lot of people listening to it. And we have we have another great interview set up. In this episode, the longest interview so far in the podcast series, the first double interview with O.C. Emio Paria and Marquis Harper Jr. joining me on the podcast to talk about everything from their playing career to their transition into the sports media world and the really great things that they're doing. O.C. is with the Oklahoma City Thunder as a photo and video editor, and Marquis currently is at Under Armour as a digital content creator but before that he was making these awesome awesome videos for social media for the new england patriots so i got to talk to them about so much um, from what they did at shoe to how they developed their interest into graphic editing and graphic design to where they are now and and how sacred heart prepared them not only on the field athletically but after graduation in the working world so a bit a little bit of a best of both worlds but it was quite a week in Sacred Heart Sports. Still no sports, obviously, but we're getting closer. There's more news that comes out every week about when things are starting and practicing and everything. And the wheels are starting to turn a little quicker. Basketball was on the court there. A first official day of practice was the 14th. Um, both the men's and women's teams are officially on the court, full squad, masked up, running drills as we are just over a month. We're about five weeks I think, to to the day that I'm recording this, which is October 18th, five weeks, and we will have college basketball back in our lives for the first time since March 11th. It's been that long. Usually this is how long it is anyway, but it feels even longer given how 2020 has been going. But man, I am so pumped up and fired up. I've done reports, interviews, that kind of thing over the summer. But as we get closer and we cross off one day at a time on the calendar, we're getting closer and closer to the return of Sacred Heart Sports. And for hockey, we're going to get it even sooner. Men's hockey is starting in less than a month. Three weeks, around three weeks. The Atlantic Hockey Association decided the 13th, 14th of November is the earliest that they can start their hockey season for the 2020-2021 season. 24 to 28 games in the season, two pods regionally, both East and West, but Sacred Heart Hockey will have a season coming up very shortly. I know CJ Maritol, the head coach, who will be a future guest on the podcast, I can say that, he's excited about it. Unfortunately, there's no Connecticut ice, but to have a season, to be able to have 25 plus games is something that everybody would have signed up for in the middle of this pandemic. So exciting stuff. Really great news to hear is the winter season is going to come at us in all different angles. Basketball, hockey, 
A lot of other sports at Sacred Heart are going to be going on. It's going to be fun. And then hopefully it leads up to an exciting spring where there's even more sports, possibly football, lacrosse, softball, baseball, and hopefully we can get back to some normalcy. Let's move to our guests. As I said, O.C. and Marquis are both superstars in the sports media business. Came from Sacred Heart. Both went into the graduate programs after their undergraduate time at Sacred Heart. They were both in the sports communication and media graduate program, SCM. They did a lot of great things. They originally were football players, came to the university, and created a graphic design brand, Golden Goals Production. They do a lot of great stuff with them, and that's what they did at Sacred Heart, and then went through grad school, and now they're working for professional teams and great organizations and are really a great example of sports media at Sacred Heart and the places that the school can take you. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a plug toward Sacred Heart and the great academics that they have in the School of Communication, Media, and the Arts. But without further ado, my more than hour-long interview with O.C. Emioparia and Marquis Harper Jr., I have my first ever double interview on the podcast as I am joined by a pair of former Sacred Heart football athletes, O.C. Emioparia, who is currently a video editor for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Marquis Harper, who is currently a visual content creator at Under Armour, but before that, spent some time with the New England Patriots. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Let's just jump right into, even before your time at Sacred Heart, what drew you to Sacred Heart through your re- recruitment journey and and what stood out? OC, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, well, first of all, I'm happy to be here. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us on, on your show. Um, what drew me to Sacred Heart, first off, would be Coach Wiss. Um, he was my recruiting coach. Came up to um, North of Mount Hermon, which is where I went to school for my postgraduate year after high school in Delaware. Um, came down to the schools, we, I showed them tape and stuff, and then uh, we set up a, a visit to come up to Sacred Heart. And um, came up to Sacred Heart, Moses Webb was my host, Rob Johnson was was like part of my host as well. Um, it was just a good time. I was with Kashada Spence, I was with Rudy Farrar, um, it was just a good group of people. Like we had a, a great time. I met some some people that ended up committing that day, um, and we just had a good time. It, it just felt like a family, and there was a uh, a lot that was uh, going to be growing uh, for my time at, at Sacred Heart. So it just felt felt right for me after uh, coming on my visit. Marquis, what about you? Yeah, so um, I had a little bit of a different. Uh recruiting experience I had uh, my recruiting coach was coach Edwards um, who is a man he's at Columbia now but um, he came up to my school and uh, I had actually never heard of Sacred Heart before uh, I got it confused with Holy Cross I kept telling people like the coach from Holy Cross came it was actually Sacred Heart <laughs> um, but then I ended up uh, coming to Sacred Heart you know uh, seeing the campus and everything uh, it seemed like a pretty pretty cool place, and and at that time it, it looks nothing like it did now, but it was still really nice. Um, and so, you know, I was really excited, um, and I ended up, you know, committing there on the spot. I was like, yeah, this is where I want to go. 
So I went down to the office, um, talked to the coaches, you know, filled out my um, equipment size sheet, and I, I thought I was I thought I was big balling. Um, and uh, but it was it was an awesome. It was it was definitely one of the best decisions that I could have made, especially how everything turned out for me, um, and just where I'm at right now. It was uh, it was an awesome awesome move, and you know I'm happy that I went. And that was going to be my next question. I mean, you guys come in and the university still, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of dorms. Buildings are different. Talk about even from when you were there and as you progressed through your time at Sacred Heart, how much the campus changed right in front of your eyes. Uh, Marquis, we, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I came in and it was, um, yeah, I still thought it was one of the nicer campuses that I visited, but you know, you had that um, old like Jewish home that was like right in the middle of campus that made you think it was part of campus, but it really wasn't. And then, um, you know, just the renovations to um, the field turf on campus field. And, you know, when we left, they were building, they had built the diner and they had just started to build um, the Bobby Valentine Center. And um, that was like, you know, a big deal and then to come back I haven't been back but just seeing the pictures of of the new dorms and you know how it looks now it's just like I can't even imagine like I wish I was going in as a freshman now and you know because by the time I leave I bet you it would look even more ridiculous oh so about you yeah so when we got there it was 2013 so the newest building that was built was uh was Linda's really um, Wow. Yeah, so Linda was the newest was the newest thing that was done on campus. Uh what else? Uh 63s uh had just got renovated um when I came on my visit. And so those two were the newest like fix-ups. And then um, you know, that's how it was the, the first year, then sophomore year is when the business building came. That was the uh, the first year of that. Um and that's where, I mean, we spend most of our time besides on the field and at the pit because uh, of our, our major classes and everything. And then, yeah, like Marquis said, I just started to grow. Um, I mean, we went to grad school there, so we got to see a little bit more than what other people did that came in with us. And we saw the, um, the West Campus. We got to see, you know, like what Marquis was talking about, they changed the Jewish home into the new dorm that's there on campus. Um, the diner. The new uh, Bobby V Center. See that key that I stayed a little longer. Key. So uh, yeah, man. Everything that they done. That's why. That's like I said. One of the reasons why I ended up coming because they were talking about so much growth that was going to happen in my time of being there, and it actually did. It all happened. Only thing that didn't happen was the Horseshoe Stadium that they promised. They were <laughs> oh, like, really? Yeah, that was that was in the promise. That was one of the things. Like, yeah, man, we're gonna get a Horseshoe Stadium. It's gonna have a jumbotron. They got the jumbotron. We got the jumbotron. Still waiting on the Horseshoe Stadium. <laughs> was there was there anything else that they pitched to you that that never happened? Um, nah. I mean, I can't think. That's the only thing I could think of, and I I still know that they're in the talks of like possibly building uh like that type of stadium, especially because we got the we got the um the Bayou It was set up perfectly for that, mm -hmm. so I think that's probably gonna be the next thing for like sports wise that'll be done. What was, you know, obviously everybody knows everyone around Sacred Heart knows coach Nofrey and, and his demeanor and everything. What is the 
best story that you have of Coach Nofri that, you know, whether it's funny, embarrassing, what is the best story that you have in, you know, during the time when you played for him? Uh, go ahead, Keith. <laughs> there's like, there's so many different um, stories. I can't, I can't even really think of one particular moment um, <clears throat> because there's, like I said, there's so many, but um, Nof is a, is a funny guy and uh, he's just, you know, he's a great coach. He's super passionate about his players um, and the school. Um, and, you know, he just has, you know, his mannerisms and you just kind of, you know, you're just like, oh, that's just, that's no right there. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, some, whether it's calling people hammerheads or you know, <laughs> just, uh, just all that stuff. So he's just, he's a great guy and it's, you know, I miss, definitely miss playing for him. Yeah. No, no, is the, is the, is the best man. No, uh, great dude, funny guy on the low, like low key. And sometimes he's funny, like not even trying, just because, like, like he says, his meaning, how he, like, sometimes will react to something. Uh, favorite word is hammerhead. Um, don't get called a hammerhead. You don't want to be called a hammerhead. Um, I was trying to think of something uh, that happened with No. My grad year, No will be mad at me, man. But uh, one of our one of one of our grad players, uh, Lawrence Nimhart, um, was was uh, running routes and no was helping out with the receivers and I don't know how <laughs> but L LT is what we call him LT like ran no over and like no messed up his ankle and he <laughs> and it was it was bad because like after practice we all changing everything and I'm walking by the training room I see no on like the, the stretcher getting like treatment from Ben the other uh, trainer and everything so that's the one that like I stick out for me. That's just funny, but I mean, like I said, Nova's just a, a great coach, man. Great, great leader. Cares a lot about his uh, his players. If you could describe what Hammerhead was in terms of the context, what would be the best way to to describe it? Hammerhead, man, is like basically like, come on, dummy! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you got a bunch of hammerheads out here acting reckless, so. So let me move on to, you know, one of the projects that you did. I believe it's when it started Sacred Heart, and you guys can correct me. Golden, uh, golden goes goals. Said that wrong. You know, how did that that come about? And and you know, how did what what were your plans for it when you first you know started it? Um, OC, we could start with you. Uh, so Golden Goals started uh, sophomore year. Uh, I think it was a like a, a bye week that we had during the season. Me and Marquis we were roommates. We lived at um, was it J Hill? We lived at J Hill sophomore year, <clears throat> and we were like, man, like Marquis, he's a real fa like fashion guy. Like he like you know clothes and everything. So we were like, you know what? Let's start a clothing brand, man. Let's just go ahead and start a clothing brand. So we like did this March Madness bracket. Of like names, it was probably like fifty something names. We like broke it down, and like we were like, yo, all right, this was this, and we went through all the names, and I think, I think the um, the, the the last two names I think were, I think Golden Goals and Rollwear. So he's from Rhode Island, 
and work. So we just combined the roll roll work, which is kind of fresh. But I mean, we for some reason we we stuck with with Golden Goals. It was just like that's just it. That's that's the name. So Golden Goals started off as a clothing brand. We didn't, we didn't want to do anything with media. We were trying to get, make clothes. I still got the, the sketches in my in my apartment of all the designs we were making. It had hoodies and everything. And we wanted to start it, but we were broke. <laughs> we didn't have any money. I mean, we were college kids, and we both played football, so we didn't have time to, you know, to work, really, um, with school and football. And, you know, you got work outside at, like, 6 a.m. in the morning and stuff like that, and games on the weekend. So we didn't really have time to um, – to have a job outside of all that. So we kind of shelved it and we're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to get it. We're going to get it going. Never could get it going. We were like, yo, why are we trying to do clothes? Why won't we just do what we were going to school for? <laughs> and we just turned it into um, a media company. And we, you know, just started doing work with the team and stuff, which was the, the easiest way to, to, to do good content um, just because we knew so many players, we got access to the original athletes and just started off doing football stuff. And, you know, we gradually started building it up. Um, our grad year really is when it kind of took off and undergrad, but our grad year is when we kind of to like the next level. Um, you know, a couple of things kind of happened. Uh, I'll let Marquis tell that part because, I mean, he kind of got his foot into the door and was able to do more when I graduated here where I was, uh, you know, I was playing and everything. And he had like a, he had an injury. Go, go, go ahead. And, and Marquis, I guess, uh, talk about, you know, how it, you know, it starts off as a, a clothing brand. You then turn into media, you know, talk about how it developed as you guys progressed throughout Sacred Heart. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like Osi said, we, um, we started off as kind of being a clothing brand, which is funny. Um, we actually just got our first, um, Golden Ghost branded sweatshirts like last year, um, so we're we're still trying to trying to break into the fashion industry, um, but um, it really it, it like you said it kind of went on pause for a little bit and then um, once grad year came around and we were you know in the master's program and we started to take media a little bit more serious and like Osi said I ended up breaking my leg. Um, in the summer uh, during like a, a preseason workout, which totally sucked. Um, but it ended up being kind of like a blessing in disguise because it, it kind of allowed me to refocus a little bit. Um, obviously I knew I wasn't gonna go to the NFL, but you know, I, football was pretty much the biggest thing in my life at that point. And so trying to find something else to kind of, you know, go after. Uh, that kind of opened up some some more doors because I was able to actually uh, shoot on the sidelines. Um, so I was shooting video, making graphics and things like that. And, you know, from there, it kind of branched out into, you know, we would reach out to, you know, high school kids when they were committing to colleges or if they just wanted to edit or whatever. They started, you know, hitting us up. That's when we made the IG page. Um, and then it started to get a little bit of traction. We started to to get some connects at, you know, some bigger schools, some FBS schools, um, you know, and, and just working with higher profile athletes. And it kind of branched on from there to kind of where the brand is now. Um, and that's, you know, I would say, you know, we came a really long way. It's still, I think right now it's, it's been difficult just, you know, with, with work and, 
and life happening, um, it's kind of had to take a back seat. But, um, you know, we're definitely still pushing and trying to, to get GG up and in, into, the, you know, one of the top, you know, media brands out there. Well, then, Marquis, let me ask you, you know, how, you know, like, I, like we had said, it, it started as a clothing brand and then it becomes a media brand. How like did Golden Goals allow you to kind of look at yourself and think I can do this as a career? Well, you know, I think it started out as kind of actually the first ever, you know, graphic design job that I did. It was just something that I didn't know how to do it. I really taught myself. It was some someone had said, hey, uh, who can make me an edit? And I was just like, I'll make it. But you know, I, was, I didn't know how to make it. So I, I went online, I started to look at some tutorials and I watched a couple of videos, you know, I made an edit. It, it was pretty decent, you know, in my opinion, for not having any knowledge. And at that point I was like, this is, this is dope. Like I would love to continue to do this. And it, it became a, a passion. Like you can ask OC, we, we used to work in uh, the AV as a GA. Well, I was a GA and he was um, full-time, but you know, I would be in the office, the, the, you know, just sitting in a little closet on uh, Photoshop and Premiere and just, you know, doing all that while I was, you know, not working. So <laughs> it just became, uh, it became something that I was doing all the time in my spare time. And um, I just got, I got better and better. And, you know, eventually I, I got good enough to where I was able to land a full-time job doing, doing media. So, you know, you guys end up going to grad school at Sacred Heart, and this can be as, as much of a plug as you want. You both went into the SCM program, and you guys were able to develop your skills and then be able to get the jobs right out of college. You know, talk about how the program helped you guys take that extra step to um, put yourself in a situation where right out of college, right out of grad school, you guys were put in the best position to get a job. So, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of, so what we went to school for, well, at least what I was going to school for, I was going to school for um, to be like in studio, uh, doing work that way, um, production. Uh, I wanted to be, you know, producer on like shows and stuff. Um, and then like, <clears throat> we kind of like, what Marquis was saying, like we kind of like taught ourselves how to, you know, do certain edits and, and graphics and videos and stuff. Because um, more so, I didn't really use a camera that much in college. It was more so being behind the scenes. And if it was a camera, it was like just the station ones in the um, in the studio. So it was just kind of like just point and shoot more so. Um, so, I mean, all that stuff was kind of self-taught and kind of trial and error, YouTube as well. Um, and, you know, the ships uh, early off and you know, trying different things, you know, shooting interviews and um, doing sports and stuff before we really even started shooting Sacred Heart stuff. Um, so that helped us out a lot. Um, but what the program helped me do would probably become a better um, probably storyteller. Um, because, I mean, with sports, there's a, there's a lot of stories that's kind of bought up in one. Uh, you, well, you got the game for yourself if you're talking about football. I mean, you got this broken up in quarters, but there's highs and lows on how to, you know, display that to the, the, the media. Um, 
So I, I would say that that helped help me a lot to to you know learn how to tell that story and also prepare to be in a workplace. Um, they definitely prepared us a lot to uh, how to you know get ready for interviews and uh, resumes and um, all that stuff that that goes into it. Um, and just how to you know go about and be confident going into it and like things to like think of when you're in the interview. Uh, I know one of my teachers, he always told me like, once you get into the room, look around, see what's all in there. Like they have, you know, like their college stuff on the wall or whatever, like try to get them to talk about them themselves more because people like talking about themselves. Um, but those things I actually did when I had my interviews for, you know, positions and that helped me a lot. Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely think the program itself was designed to allow you to get, you know, kind of real world experience in like a college setting. Um, and they really pushed that. Um, I remember it was funny, uh, Professor Thorne, uh, shout out Professor Thorne, um, definitely one of my favorite professors from college. He, uh, he showed up to class one day and he just kind of walked in and he just dropped like an Emmy on the desk. And it was just like, yeah, you know, I just grabbed, I just grabbed this last night or whatever. You know, I think he was producing like a golf piece or something like that. But it was just like, it was crazy because it's like, wow, like these people that are teaching us this stuff are actually like actively doing it. So um, to have an opportunity to learn from them and, and get those nuggets, like Opsi was saying about the interviews and things like that, it was, it was awesome. As far as, you know, me, I feel like a lot of what I learned in grad school was, like you said, how to how to be technically sound and like how to work in kind of a professional environment because they did treat it like a professional environment. Um, but I think for me, a lot of it was what I learned outside of the classroom. So, I mean, my I originally wanted to do what you were doing, uh, Dan. I wanted to be on camera. I wanted to be doing interviews. Uh, I wanted to be like a sports anchor. And, um, you know, I did sports buzz and I did all that stuff. Uh, but then I just, you know, outside of it, I was really into content creation and, and shooting video and photos and things like that and making edits. And um, I just found that I enjoyed that way more than being on camera. And so I really pursued that. Um, and I think I wouldn't have figured that out unless I had gone through the program and kind of saw what it was like to be on camera and do the produced shows and things like that. But at the same time, that also gave me that experience of like having been on a production. So, you know, when I started with the Patriots, I did a lot of stuff, you know, in the production side um, and having an understanding of how, how shows work and, and things like that. So it definitely allowed me to, to have multiple I guess, angles of, of where I was going. So you guys both go through the SCM program and you guys get jobs right out. I mean, Marquis, you start with the New England Patriots, OCU with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Marquis, I'll start with you. When you start with the Patriots and you're creating content for them, how much of it was a refresher to you in terms of what you did when you were at Sacred Heart? Um, I think a lot of it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was a refresher, um it was more of kind of like a it was like a step up basically so it was basically what I was doing but times 10 um and you know I started week three of the preseason so they basically told me when I got hired they were like yeah man you got 
about a week and a half to kind of figure out the flow of things and then we're going to be hitting the ground running. So I kind of really had to just um, get as much, you know, information as I could about the organization, about what they wanted me to do um, and about the job and then just kind of figure out from there. And I think, honestly, that was probably one of the best ways to be able to uh, learn because, you know, it kind of forced you to like figure it out. And, you know, after doing that, I felt like I could, you know, go into any situation and really just hop right in. Um, and, you know, but a lot of it was kind of like similar stuff that I was doing, like I said, but it was just on such a higher scale. Like, you know, instead of my videos getting seen by maybe a thousand people at most, it was, you know, a hundred thousand people, you know what I mean? So it kind of just, it took on a whole different level of, you know, importance on like making sure that the quality of the work was good and, and really trying to make sure that I was putting out the best possible stuff that I could, because I know there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would, I would um, agree with what he said. It was more so, um, more so doing stuff of what we were doing with Golden Goals and like connecting with, with sports in general. Um, so like when Key left, I started the uh, football stuff um, when I wasn't playing and like I tried to, we did some basketball stuff as well. So um, it was, it was that, but then just amplified once you got here. Um, when I got to OKC, I, I kind of, they wanted me to start before, but um, I mean, I was working at Sacred Heart full time. Uh, when I got hired, so I couldn't just leave right away. I had to put my two weeks in, but me having to wait my two weeks, it um, got pushed right to media day. So like my first, I, I worked here for like two days, and it was media day. So like it had to, I had to like learn what was going on. I first learned the arena. Like I don't even know how to get around the spot. Um, and like on media day, there's, they use all parts of the arena to so many different uh, stations that the players want to go to. Um, and just trying to learn as fast as possible and uh, get used to, to you know, doing things, using a different camera. Um, might not seem like a lot, but um, I've used Canon my whole life. Um, and coming here, they're, they're Sony, <clears throat> whole different editing software. So just trying to learn, learn what, um, learn what they're doing and how I can make my uh, imprint into the, into what, what they're doing and, and, and grow from there. So, I mean, these, these teams that you're working for, I mean, this is, you know, if you're talking professional sports, this is the, you know, the top of the top. Was there a moment for either of you where, whether it could have been a game or a particular moment where you kind of took a step back and were like, wow, I'm, I'm really in this situation doing this for, a professional sports team. Uh, OC, we'll start with you. Um, <clears throat> honestly, it was like the first time it happened was really, honestly when I first got out here. Just like the fact that I'm out here from you know being in Connecticut, like sports got me out here to you know cover this team. You know, I'm getting paid to cover basketball. Like I'm gonna take this. Like this is perfect for me. But where it really like hit. Um, I went to All-Star Weekend back in February, and we went to Chicago. But before we went to Chicago, I had to cover the, the Thunder in New Orleans. 
So it was really like I was like one of the like one of the players that like I'm on the planes with them and everything. Like get on a plane, go to New Orleans, we all go to these like a, a full spot um, and stuff. But it was just like living that like the the player lifestyle kind of um, while creating content and then seeing these places that I I never been in New Orleans or Chicago in my life, being able to experience that through this, I was just like, dang, like. This is crazy. I, I really, I'm, I'm really getting to, you know, this is this is what I do for blessed to be able to do so. Yeah, I, um, I definitely feel, have a similar story. Um, you know, for me, it was, it was the first day actually I started. It was a press conference and, um, you know, we're in the media workroom and, you know, it's all, every, everybody's talking and, and things like that. And I'm just, you know, talking to, you know, one of the girls that I was working with just asking her some questions about kind of like what was going on, what to expect, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm in the middle of like talking to her. And I think I, I was, I, I said something and I was like laughing and, uh, but everybody else got mad quiet. And I was just like the only one talking. And I just looked over and like, of course, uh, you know, coach Bill walks in the room and he's about to go to the podium. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like, this is crazy. Like that's Bill Belichick. He's right, right there. Um, and then after he goes, Tom, Tom Brady walks in and I was just like, man, you know, and I, I saw Tom Brady. I, he just looked, he looked like way more frail in person. Like I was expecting him to be like, I don't know. He just was like, he looks like small. I was like, that's, that's Brady. That's crazy. Um, you know, so that was the first time. And I think the, the, the second time that it was really like, wow, I, I've, I made it was, um, when I was at the Super Bowl, um, it was it was a crazy experience because you know we got to fly on the team plane like OC was saying, you know they really treat you like you're one of the players. You know you walk on, they give you a um, you know a sandwich. You know you need to get a burger, a chicken sandwich. Uh, they give you like a pillow, a blanket, um, and then they got a whole menu like you're at a restaurant, uh, and it's like you know you got course one is like steak uh vegetables and you can either get like a vegetarian meal or whatever and then they got like these cookies and stuff they give you you know you walk by the seat has your name on it and it just and it's just like ridiculous um and then you know just being there at the game you know the whole week was crazy because we worked ridiculous hours but um you know it all kind of was worth it you know on game day when you know, I was on the sideline uh, when Gilmore picked the, the ball off uh, in the fourth. I was literally right next to him. And um, it was crazy. And I had the camera in my hand. And I'm just like, you know, a couple months ago, I was shooting on the sidelines at Sacred Heart. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm at the Super Bowl. Like, it was really, honestly, ridiculous. Um, and, you know, that was definitely, you know, and I, I have the footage from that game. And, you know, it's probably one of the, you know, my favorite things that I've shot just because. It's just, it's just crazy to think about how far I came in such a short amount of time. And so it's, it's definitely awesome. So you got, so did you get to fly on that plane that has like the six, like Super Bowls, like the Super Bowl trophies on it? I know I've seen the picture of like the, like their extravagant jet. When you, did you get to, you got to ride on that one, I assume? Yeah, I was on aircraft, man. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, we, we, it's funny because we actually board first before the players, um, so we get on in the front of the plane and then, um, you know, the players get on, but they leave before you. So like they'll walk, everybody walks by you. 
and it's but they don't tell you like it's not like our oh, group one like please leave like so you know <clears throat> after the the plane lands like everybody starts getting up and then but you're not supposed to get up yet because the players get off first so i'm like standing up like about to you know get my bag and stuff and then you know nobody else is getting up and all the players are just walking by coaches walking by and um so it was it was awesome man it was a it was a really cool experience i actually flew on the plane a couple times um when the next time was during preseason when we went to uh detroit and tennessee for uh for the preseason games we flew on the plane as well so it's definitely it's it's a lot different flying experience um than i think most people are used to and i definitely am, am missing it <laughs> <laughs> so so oh, let me hold on i gotta add to the uh what mark you was saying <laughs> i remember when the super bowl happened and it, there's footage marquis getting off the plane and like all the players are getting off the plane. <laughs> All the players getting off the plane, right? Like people are cheering and stuff, like, yeah. So then, um, next thing you know, you see Marquis coming out. They start cheering. They think he's a player. <laughs> they think he's a player, and I'm like, oh, that's my that's my brother, right? There. Like, he, yeah, he's he, you know, he tearing his bags out, you know, yeah. his hopped, off, hopped off the plane like I was uh, like I was about to go play in the game. Yeah, that was mad funny. That was dope though. Oh man, yeah, it was. It was cool. Definitely a cool experience. So, so OC, you know, since you're with the Oklahoma City Thunder, there was, you know, and we talked about it before we started recording, you know, the game that in a way shut down all of American sports was the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the middle of March when, you know, the health officials came on the court and the game got stopped and then news came out that Rudy Gobert tested positive and that's when things kind of spiraled. Were you at the game when all that chaos was going on? So <clears throat> about that, so our our offices are at the arena. Me personally, I like to uh, get footage, either video or photos. Plus, I, I haven't really been to many NBA games in my life, so this is my first year here. I'm trying to experience as many as possible. Um, so I was going to go to the game, but I had to uh, edit a video, <clears throat> and I'm editing up the video. I wanted to get down there before pregame, but you know I couldn't get down there because I was still editing the video. I finally get done editing the video, and like they're about to run out the tunnel, and I'm like, all right, do I go down there or do I just go home? And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of tired, you know. I think I'm just go home and watch watch the game on TV. So I went, I went to this this pizza spot that's around around the corner from me. Went to grab some pizza and brought it home. And when I got home, I turned the game on. And the game still hasn't started. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is it, like, it's supposed to have already started. It's like 7, 30, 8 o'clock now. And they're doing, like, the timeout performances, halftime performances and stuff. Um, it's going through. And then that's when it happened. They announced that, like, you know, it shut the game. The game was shut down because one of the players tested positive for COVID. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. I could have, I almost would have been on the court down there with them during that time, but I um, just happened to say, you know what, I'm just at home today. So I got, I got lucky, man. So, and I'll, you know, kind of going on the, the same subject of COVID, obviously it's been, you know, so it, it's changed the landscape of sports um, over the course of the past couple of months. How has your job for both of you, um, Marquis, I'll start with you. How has your job changed if it has changed by by having to create content in a world where 
you know, close contact and being around somebody is, is kind of prohibited. Yeah. I mean, um, for me right now, um, I started working, uh, at Under Armour remotely. Um, so I haven't even been into the office yet. Um, and so that's definitely been a challenge, uh, just trying to integrate into a new company without having met anyone face to face and, and been able to just walk over to somebody's desk and ask them a question. Um, so it's definitely been challenging, but you know, before I left the Patriots, we were, we've been working uh, from home since March. Um, and so it was definitely challenging because, you know, we really had to kind of make sure we had everything on hard drives and, and footage that we needed. Cause we weren't allowed to go into the stadium for anything. And it just, it was really, we weren't really sure what was going to happen as far as, you know, when the season started, I mean, luckily for us, it wasn't in the middle of our season that, you know, all this happened uh, like OC, it was kind of the off season. So really there wasn't a need to be there. So we kind of adapted in that way. But um, I know before I left and even just talking with, you know, some people that are still, you know, with the organization, um, a lot of things have changed as far as, you know, protocols and, and who's allowed to be where and, you know, restricted areas and things like that. So it definitely makes your job a lot harder when you're trying to capture content. You know, I know for a fact on game days, you know, instead of being on the field, you have to be like in the stands and like row eight, you know what I mean? So that automatically that changes kind of the way your footage is going to look. Um, you know, you, make, you have to make sure you have the right equipment to be able to get good quality footage from that far away from the field. Um, but, you know, so far I think, you know, everyone's just kind of taking it in stride and adapting. And, you know, if you look, you know, through the landscape of, of the leagues, uh, the NBA, the NFL, uh, MLB, the content is, you know, it's different, but it's, it's still, you know, a very high level of content that they're creating. So, you know, I think that just speaks to the resilience of people in the, the sports media community, you know, whether you're a photographer or videographer, um, you know, just adapting to the situation and, and trying to make the best content no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. Um, I would say since, since it all, like shut down everything, um, I mean, work has been, has been different. I mean, as someone who, you know, I shoot video and then I edit that video that I'll shoot. Maybe sometimes I'll edit some video that I'm shooting with someone else, but I have shots of my own in there. And during this time, all of the footage that I'm editing is not mine. I haven't, I wasn't the one that like got the, um, the setup to, to the shots and everything. So <clears throat> that's, that's different. We, um, as the organization, they gave us uh, laptops and stuff to remote into our desktop from home. So we didn't have to deal with what Marquis was dealing with, with the hard drives and everything. That could be, you know, a hassle in itself. Because uh, if you don't get everything off your hard drive, then you're missing that one file. You can't edit that sequence that you're doing. But we were able to just remote in from home and go directly to our desktop in our office and edit whatever we had on there. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, I haven't been around any of the players since before um, COVID even happened. Um, like... The whole, when the bubble happened, we had they, teams will only send two people. Um, so they sent one person from social that went down there. They shot and took pictures of everything. And they would send the content back to us, and then I'll edit whatever they shot and put together, you know, projects and pieces um, for the team. 
so it's been it's been different. Um, definitely. Uh, Honestly, learned learned a lot while being dealing with COVID and work because just edit whatever you had what's given to you and not really knowing what's like what's gonna and just being ready to work because you have to turn it over fast because we gotta get it out for social or we gotta get it out for broadcast to you know to to give out to to the fans and everything. So I mean, I it kind of helped me in the sense of editing wise. Um, but it is different. Um, it's tough, but uh, you just got to work through it. Real quick, uh, go both of you, what is your favorite piece that you've ever edited or put together? Uh, OC, we'll start with you. Favorite piece? Oh, dang. I don't even know, man. That's tough. That's real tough. Favorite piece um, would probably be um, a piece that I did when I kind of first started out, really. Um, it was uh, a workout video of, you know, one of my teammates, uh, Denzel. Uh, he's currently at Villanova now. Um, shout out, Denzel. But it was just like a... Uh, it was just a great time. We did it at Campus Field. Um, <clears throat> we, um, you know, it was just like a, he, we both were working out and stuff. He was, he's real dedicated at his craft and uh, perfecting his craft. So, I mean, I admire that. Anyone that put in that work and, you know, I, uh, I admire what they do. And that's how I was, well, that's how I am with, you know, creating content. So me starting out trying to, you know, get, get right with everything. Um, I reached out to him and said, yo, let's, let's, let's record a video for like you working out and stuff. And we, we, we sat down, we, uh, kind of, uh, wrote like a, uh, a shot list for, for everything, how I wanted to have the, the, the video to look. Um, and we, we, we did it. Um, it was, it was just a, a great time, uh, great vibes. And then I just loved the way it came out because it was, um, it felt authentic. It wasn't, it was just like, you know, it was just a, a, a true moment that um, we both had and was able to uh, kind of look back on. I think for me, um, you know, the last couple of pieces that I had the opportunity to edit, you know, before I left the Patriots, um, they were all, you know, some of my favorite pieces that I did, you know, since I started, um, you know, in particular, the, the Cam Newton welcome video that I did alongside um, Chris, my boy Chris, uh, who works at the Patriots as well. Um, it was definitely um, a fun one to edit. And, uh, you know, just kind of scrambling around trying to make make something for him, you know, when they announced his signing. Um, you know, we really put in, you know, extra, extra hours for that one. Uh, and it was funny because we, we put in so much time in the beginning because we thought it had to be ready right away for them to announce. And then the team didn't end up announcing him till the following like Monday. So we kind of sat on this piece and, um, you know, I remember sending it to, to juice and I was like, Hey man, what do you think about this? And he's like, Oh, this is uh this is, this is crazy. And so, you know, there was a lot of hype around it. And I, 
I wish that we were able to post it kind of like in the very beginning when, you know, the news first came out that he signed, um, because I feel like it would have got a lot more traction and views, but, um, it ended up doing really well on social and, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite videos that I did. Another one, um, was the video that I did, which was a hype video for the Super Bowl, um, and that one is special because you know it was crazy because you know like I said, just you know making hype videos for Sacred Heart and then you know making a hype video for for the Super Bowl game. It's like ridiculous, you know how much you know it was, and it happened in the span of of like seven or eight months. You know what I mean? So it was like the 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 time that that you know, all that took place. It's just like crazy to look back and see kind of how far I came at that moment. And that was really one of the moments where I was like, wow, like this is, you know, I really made it doing, you know, what I love to do. So then my, my final question to both of you is, you know, for anybody who wants to go into content creation, whether photography, videography, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to them as they are progressing through college and, and, you know, one day trying to work for, you know, specifically in sports, uh, Marquee? Um, I guess I would just say, don't sell yourself short. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people might look and say, man, I don't think I could ever make it to that point, or I don't think I could, you know, I'm not good enough to get, to that level, whether it be a college uh, team or a professional team. But, um, you know, I think for me, my situation, I, I felt that same way. And I remember, you know, one of my professors, I can't remember which one, I think it was uh, Professor Paps, who was also an industry, industry professional, but he was just like, you know, you can't get a job if you don't apply for it. So like, just be, if, you know, he, he I think he said like, you know, when you look at a job, like in a professional league, and, you know, a lot of people get intimidated just off the name, so they never apply. So that, you know, cuts out, you know, however many applicants, you know, and then there's the people that do apply. Um, and then, you know, so it's kind of like you automatically disqualify yourself without even, you know, putting in an application. So, and I think for me, you know, having heard that, I think is one of the reasons why I did apply for the Patriots job. And, you know, I didn't expect to hear anything back, to be honest, because I hadn't heard back from places that were not the Patriots. So I'm like, you know, why am I going to hear back from the Patriots? But I applied anyway, um, and I did end up hearing back. And, you know, obviously, I still have the uh, the screenshot of the tweet so I could go back and go to the link later, because I remember I just I saw them post an ad on Twitter. Um, and it's things like that. It's like when you see those opportunities, um, you definitely got to take them because you never know where it could lead you. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I got a few. I would say, you know, it's hard work, man. Definitely put in the work, put in the hours, because that's it's going to pay off. Um, and if you're, a, you know, a content creator, if you're doing photography or, or video, um, shoot as much as possible. Um, it was times I'll just go out and just take the camera out for the longest. I'll just I'll be out with the camera always, uh, taking pictures or doing video because. You need to you need to get experience. You need to learn how to do it. And I mean, a lot of times 
<clears throat> you got to put together like a reel to, to put out to people to get either an internship, a job, whatever. But how are you going to get that if you're not shooting anything? So you got to just start putting putting stuff together, uh, start building your portfolio, and just know you're going to get denied. Um, I got denied by a uh, number of positions and stuff. Like it, it's going to happen, but stay dedicated. Um, and, and 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 keep the faith uh, and and believing just believe in yourself um shout out to key i mean he helped me out at times because i mean like i said i was getting like now nah, this position is filled and stuff and everything and then i like dang man is my stuff good enough and he would tell me like, come on bro i don't even think like that um and i remember i showed him the position for okc i like bro you think i i can get it uh, he like, come on, man, definitely. Like, you, you definitely could get this job, and you're definitely, uh, you know, certified for the position. And, you know, I applied, and, and, and things worked out. And I remember when I came for my uh, my interview, he like, bro, I know, like, you, I know you didn't have your interview yet, but I know you're going to get it. I just got the same, the feeling with the past. Like, it's just going to work out. So just stay stay dedicated, man. There's going to be times where, you know, things are not going to work out the way you want, but if you stay focused and um, keep that drive, that it's going to work out in the end. I appreciate the time, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. You know, the stuff that you do, I know for me personally viewing it, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan, and, and the fact that you came from Sacred Heart, it's it's really awesome to see. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and, and, and keep up the great work. Thanks, man. You as well, appreciate, bro. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate you having us on, man. Yeah, thanks again to OC and Marquis for joining me on the podcast. Just a really great discussion in terms of covering every single basis from their time at SHU and what they were able to do. And that's the experience I think that Sacred Heart and colleges across the country give. You know, they come in as athletes and wanting to continue to play a sport that they love playing. But it also prepares you for outside of sports or working on a different angle, different side of sports. I know for me personally, I wanted to be the starting point guard for the New York Knicks or the cleanup hitter for the Boston Red Sox. But I realized that after my freshman year of high school, when I was about four foot five, maybe a hundred pounds, I probably wasn't going to be in professional sports. So my love for sports media came right after that. And let's just say I'm very glad that I was able to come to that realization as early as I did because the awesome opportunities that I've been able to have have made up some of the best memories that I've had, not only in college, but before college, outside of school. And a lot of it has been because of the opportunities I've had at Sacred Heart. So it's really great to see two alumni of the university who were athletes and great at what they did transition to the other side of sports and academics and taking what they learned in the classroom and the experiences that they had and using them into the real world. So really great interview with them. Great to catch up with them. And if you haven't checked out their stuff, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's certainly fun stuff to see and, and watch. I know before Marquis moved to Under Armour, he made these great videos for Stefan Gilmore getting a 99 overall rating to Madden. He made an awesome video, which I think got over half a million views on Twitter after the Patriots signed Cam Newton. You got to check out this stuff. This is like, it was next level. It really was. And uh, 
like I said, great to talk to them, wishing them all the best, and, and looking forward to seeing what else they accomplish throughout their time in the working world. But that'll wrap up this episode of the Beyond the Shoebox Score podcast. We're back next Monday with another great interview. A couple weeks ago, I interviewed Callan Taylor, one of the best to ever play women's basketball at Sacred Heart. I'm going to be joined by her coach next week. The great Ed Swanson joins me on the podcast to talk about his time at Sacred Heart, how he built the program up to the successful program it is today, and even what he's doing now. Currently the head coach at William and Mary, and see what he's been up to. You know, as somebody who's been around Sacred Heart basketball most of my life, to watch him build Sacred Heart up to what it was, national or NCAA tournament contenders year in and year out, near the top of the conference every year. Every year that he was the coach of Sacred Heart, when they were in the Northeast Conference, they finished no worse than third. No worse than third. They hosted a playoff game every single year that he was the head coach of Sacred Heart when they were in the NEC. He was there before they moved to Division One, but when he took them to Division One, the success did not stop. Three NCAA tournaments, countless other accolades, and so much more. So he will be joining me on the podcast next week. Really excited for that one. Thank you again to everybody who listens, comments, shares it. I really do appreciate it. And I'm just, I'm excited to keep this going. I'm really excited to keep it going as we keep going out through the first semester with everything else going on. It's great to have this normalcy of talking Sacred Heart Sports. But that'll wrap it up for this edition. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. And we'll see you guys next time.